I can't, but God can. Can we all say that together? All right, that's good. All right. Hey, let's do this. Let's have all the guys say, I can, and all the girls say, uh, God can. All right, all the guys. Girls. All right, I'm not sure, girls, you believe that. All right, let's try it one more time. Everyone together. Yeah, this is the purpose and the provision of the backside of the desert. Let's look at verse number one, and we're just going to walk through this passage today, this morning, and I pray it'll be a great help uh, to you. Exodus 3 and verse 1. Now, Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the, would everyone together real loud, give me a we are eagles loud, okay? Flock to the, can you give me the next four words, everyone together? Backside of the desert. Okay, so if you Google the backside of the desert, there's a picture of West Coast Baptist College there. That is where we are. We are in the backside of the desert. Marilee and I were up in Santa Maria, California, which is paradise, uh, for seven years pastoring First Baptist. And when we came, I will never forget, Marilee was all about it. Marilee knew it was God's will. But Marilee said to me, she said, Jim, we are going to the back side of the desert. Let me tell you something about what Marilee said. She was right. <laughs> we are in the back side of the desert. And that's exactly where Moses was. But wow, a lot happens there. Led the flock to the back side of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even Horeb. Father, my prayer today is so simple, so profound, and so passionate. God, my prayer today is that the last two verses of Exodus chapter 2 and the chapter of Exodus 3 would be received by the students at West Coast Baptist College. Father, I don't know which verse, I don't know which principle, I'm not sure, but Father, there is something for every person in this auditorium, in this chapter. Father, I pray that we just begin together and that this passage of scripture, many of us have preached from it, taught from it, read from it, studied from it, heard from it. But Father, this is what I love about your word. It's new every day. Maybe this will be the first time we've ever looked at Exodus chapter 3, not through the eyes of an 80-year-old man, but the eyes of an 18-year-old young lady. And Father, may she see that your word that was given to us in Exodus 3 wasn't for something way, way back only, but it's for us today. And Father, no matter how many messages we've ever heard from this passage, we never heard this one, we've never heard it today, and your word is alive today. So God, put your hand of blessing on Exodus 3, and may we be soil that the seed of Exodus 3 would go into our heart, the principles, and our lives would be changed. We pray all these things. Thank you, Lord, for these students. Thank you for the honor and privilege to be a part of their lives. God, may this be, oh, just an incredible spiritual maturing, mentoring time for them. We pray all these things in the name of our risen Savior, in the name of Jesus Christ. And God's students said... Let's look at the last two verses real quickly at Exodus chapter 2. I want to start here because this is very important. And then we go right into chapter number 3. Because we need to understand that Moses is being called and commissioned in Exodus 3. But here's why. If you look with me at verse 24, it says this. And God heard their groaning. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them. Now, college students, you need to understand this to begin with. You are not here at college, not at West Coast Baptist College. You are not here for you. You are not here for you. 
And you need to understand that immediately if you're going to be a part. Otherwise, you're going to start going in a different direction than where everyone else is headed. You have not come to this college for you. You say, oh, I know what you're going to say, for God. Okay, I'm all about that because it is God who heard their groaning. But I want to tell you why you're here at college. You're here at college for a classroom of children that you have never met. You have never seen. You do not know their names, but they're there. And they're waiting for you to stand in front of that classroom. You're at college for a group of orphans somewhere in the world. And those children, some of them have not been born yet. Those children in that orphanage are waiting for you to give them what you get in the classes here. You are not here for you. You are here for a church that's just starting to meet. And they, people who receive a little flyer that a new church is getting started, and you are their under-shepherd. You don't know their names. You don't have any idea about their backgrounds. But you're at college for them. You're at college for a group of teenagers that are going to meet on a Wednesday night, and you are going to be their youth pastor. You're at college to train to be a godly woman to a man that's going to travel across the country. And he's going to be away from you a lot, but he's going to need you. And you're going to be an evangelist wife. And you are not here for you. You are here because God has heard the groanings of the people of this world. And God has said, I hear their groanings. So you are going to West Coast to be a laborer for them. Now you need to understand the beginning of Exodus chapter 3. And that is God is going to call Moses, not for Moses' sake, but because he heard the groaning of people. Our world is groaning. I'm going to tell you this. I know this sounds really good in chapel, and I know this sounds really good for an old man to say, but I am telling you, I believe this. This is the time to be 18, 19, 20, and 21. Never in my lifetime has the world grown greater for an answer for what's going on inside of them than right now. You have your youth, you have your energy, you're at a place that's gonna give you direction. I just want you to know, I do envy you. I do envy you for what you have at the time that you're living. And you know what? We can hear all the doom and gloom of all the darkness in the world. Guys, you are living at the best time ever. When I bought Marilee's engagement ring, the jeweler took a black velvet and set it down on the counter. He then brought out a little box and sprinkled the box out on that black velvet and there were diamonds. And I went, whoa. And I'm going to pick one of those diamonds for my honey. And you say, Brother Shetler, why did he put the black velvet down and not just poured it out on the glass of the counter? Because the diamonds glistened greater with the black, dark background. And I want to tell you, I don't know in my life that you have an opportunity to shine Ever, like you got right now in the darkness of this world, your light has an opportunity to glisten like a diamond for Christ like never before. Guys, the world is groaning. Therefore, God is calling Moses. And you have got to understand that. Let's go to chapter, chapter number three and verse number one. And Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father, Okay, Brother Shetler, give me translation. And I worked at Chick-fil-A this summer. I'm working at Rite A, the night shift. Moses, 80-year-old guy, he's got to keep his father's flock. Whoa, oh, it's a living, man. It's what I got to do. Been doing it for 40 years, taking care of my father-in-law's sheep. 
I don't know what you've been doing. Yeah, I don't know if you did Jewish this summer. I don't know what you did this summer. I don't know where you worked. I don't know what you did. But let me just tell you something. All of that was for a purpose. And all of that was for preparation. It wasn't just finances. Moses is going to end up leading a really big flock. A really smelly flock. Like a two million people flock. And he had to learn. I'm going to tell you this. Every job, I put that in quotation marks, that I had in college, I ended up using in my ministry. Never have God has ever placed me anywhere. When I took care of my father-in-law's flock, when I took care of whatever job I had, you do that job with everything you've got because I'm telling you, you have that job because of what God's going to do with you down the road as well. It says here, and Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert. Man, that's where we are. It's dry. It's barren. You got to drink a lot. Everything that we've been told. Brother Shetler, why did God put a Bible college in Lancaster, California? I'm going to tell you. I haven't a clue, but let me share this with you. <laughs> this is where God has placed us. And I got to tell you, you need to make this home. You're on the backside of the desert, you bet. And you need to start whatever you need to do to make this home. You need to make this your home because God's going to teach you and God's going to give you things on the backside of the desert. That's going to be unbelievable. You know, I, of all my things, of anything with pastor, this is my absolute favorite. This young 20-some-year-old guy, you'll see it one time. You'll probably see it about five times while you're here as a student. But there is this video of pastor standing at the, at the stop sign out here before everything is built. And it's a normal day. It's blowing like crazy. All the, by the way, he's got all this hair. I wonder if the wind blew the hair away. I don't know. <laughs> But uh, he had all, he's got all this hair. He's like 23-year-old young buck. And he's standing there with a terrible microphone system with the wind blowing through the thing. And he's standing there and he's pointing out at everything that's going to be on this property. And almost everything he says is on this property today. I mean, that's just, I just think that is the absolute coolest vision in my lifetime I've ever seen. This young guy just, get, you know, just saying, and God's going to do that, and God, and maybe there's going to be a college out here one day, and all this. And, and you, you look at the piece of property, and you're going like, that's the backside of the desert. Guys, you really are in a miraculous spot on what God has done. It is a very special place. Let's continue on, verse number two. And the angel of the Lord, that is the Lord Jesus Christ, appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. Brother Scheller, that is a really strange way to appear. Now, let me tell you something about my Lord. When God has ever showed up in my life, it was never the way that I thought it should be and never the way that I thought it was. And I didn't recognize him when he's come into my life. There have been many situations that have come into my life that I did not recognize that as the hand of God. And I guarantee you that day, Moses did not recognize that as God. As he's going through the wilderness as he's going on the backside of the desert, he sees, and he has seen before, he has seen tumbleweeds burning before. He has seen bushes burning before because of the heat, the dryness, and the weather condition, and electricity, and lightning, and all that. But he's never seen one not burn. Now, these tumbleweeds, they burn, and I've timed them. They can burn in less than 30 seconds, even the big ones. If you ever get those fire with all the oxygen and all the dry, they will go up in, they're gone in like 30 seconds. Now they really burn, but they're like gone in 30 seconds. Moses sees something that is not normal. It absolutely attracts him to him. Hey, you were out bicycling today. Did you see the sunrise this morning? Wasn't that absolutely gorgeous this morning? How many saw the sunrise this morning? It was beautiful, Brother Shiller. I'm sure not, I'm up yet. Okay, but that's all right. 
it was gorgeous orange thing today. And you know what? I was driving from my office back to my house to get ready for the morning. And, 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 I, and I couldn't kind of see it behind that. So I had to go further down um, uh, Lancaster Boulevard because I said, I got to see this thing. This thing is absolutely gorgeous. It drew me to it. Well, let me tell you, Moses is out there and he's going, okay, I never seen anything like this. And Moses, and God is going to appear to him, but not the way Moses thinks. I'm going to tell you, the Lord's going to show up in your life, but not the way that you think. Let's continue on. So verse number three, Moses said, now this becomes really important college students. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. Now you've got to get verse four. And when the Lord saw that he, Moses, turned aside. Okay, turned aside is one Hebrew word, and it's the word to remove, to depart. When he saw Moses depart, look what happens. When he saw, look what it does, it says. And when the Lord saw that he, Moses, departed, removed, turned aside to see then what happened? Everyone together, what's the next two words? Then what happened? Oh, that was terrible. Then what happened? Okay. So everyone gets this and you get it good. Hey, we can walk down now. We don't have to wear the Okay. <laughs> so you all get this. When did God do the calling? God did the calling when they departed. When Moses departed, when he removed, then God did the calling. So now listen to me. You left home. You left a church back home that you love. You departed. And I don't care if you're from Antelope Valley and you're from Lancaster Baptist Church. The fact of the matter is you departed to come here to college. This is where God begins to call. You had to take that step to depart. You had to take that step to remove. Now it is imperative that you start listening because now, because of the step that you took, now God is able to call. I need to get a drink. You know why I have to get a drink? Because I'm in the backside of the desert. Okay. And you got to hydrate a lot. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, <coughs> Moses. Well, <coughs> I've never had a bush talk to me before. But I think if I did have a bush talk to me and he said my name twice, I think I would respond. Okay, here I am. What's going on here? I don't know when, how, where. God is going to do what he's going to do. The college student, you've got to listen to his calling. You have departed. That's good. But that's only part of it now. Now God can speak to you. You needed to get away. You got a good church. You had a good Christian school. You, you had good homeschooling. Whatever. You have a good family. Great. Praise the Lord. But you had to depart for God to call. God is going to call. Not some of you. God is going to call all of you. Well, Brother Shadler, I, I, you know, I'm not sure I'm called to ministry. No, 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 no. This has nothing to do with that right now. God is going to lead you and God is going to call you into whatever he has. You don't have to worry about, I don't, I'm not sure about this ministry thing. Ministry is every day of your life. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter why you can. I guarantee you, I did not go to Bible college for the right reason. I guarantee you, I did not go to Bible college for the right reason. But I'm sure glad I left with the right answer. I don't care why you came, college student. I really don't. You departed. Allow God now to speak. Now look at this. This gets really good. Verse number five. And he said, draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet. For the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. He said, brother, I've been driving around this place. I just want you to know, I come from South Carolina and we got a lot more trees and I've been looking around this place. There isn't a holy place anywhere around. It's just all sand. It's the backside of the desert. Let me tell you, wherever God shows up 
is holy ground. And you need to find a place on this campus that you meet with God in a holy ground, and that's holy ground. I don't care where it's the gazebo, I don't care if it's the picnic bench, I don't care if it's your bed on second floor of Sisk, but you need a place that you meet on holy ground with God every day. This was a geographic location. I think you need to have a geographic location. I think you need to have a place. And that, you know what? When you bring your spouse and kids back 15 years from now, you take your children over, hey, I wanna show you a place on campus. I wanna show you a place. Before I met your husband, before I met your father, before I met your mom, I want you to know, I prayed for her right here at this place. God showed up at this place. This is my little place behind the SLC that I met with God every day. This is my place. Find your place. I had a place where I went to Bible college, third floor of the St. John building. Nobody went up there. After chapel, I went up there. I was all by myself. It was a little place. It turns out to be the place that I proposed to Marilee. I mean, after, after college, I took Marilee one night after a service, and I said, this is the night, man. And I took her uh, uh, on up there. She had, where are we going? And this was this little, they used to use it for like a haunted house thing for a while. And we took, I took her up. I, I, I prayed for Marilee there. When I was a college student, I prayed for Marilee there. That's where I had my devotion. It was my place. Find your place. But there's a holy place that you need to meet with God every day. And I, I'm telling you, I, I like it said the place, hey, you take your shoes off because you're in a holy place, Moses. Let's continue on, verse number six. Moreover, he said, I am, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face. Now I wanna to talk to you about this. So um, I got a couple pictures. Mark, could you put that first picture up? So I spoke at the wilds this summer and um, on Monday on my way over to the wilds. Oh, could I have the other one first? Could I have the other one first? Yeah, that one. Um, on uh, the Monday going over to the wilds, I went over and saw evangelist Tom Farrell. Tom's a friend of mine and he means a lot to me. I don't know of a preacher that I've ever experienced with more power in his preaching ministry than Tom Farrell. And I went over that Monday, brain cancer, and he understood what I was saying, but his tongue was so swollen he couldn't speak. And I made him speak some things and he gripped my hand and, and we prayed and I read him scripture and I left where he was staying in um, outside of Greensboro, North Carolina, where, where he went home to be with the Lord. And I left that, that like parsonage where he was staying and I said, Lord, I'm never going to hear Tom Farrell preach again on this earth. I'm never going to hear Tom Farrell preach. Boy, it just burdened my heart. As I drove over to the wilds, I just said, God, we got to have another Tom Farrell. We got to have a, and I got to tell you something. I asked Tom to pray the spirit of God's power on my life. I, I couldn't understand everything that he was saying. I don't know for sure what he prayed. But I asked Tom before I left, I said, Tom, I'm going to pray for you. Would you pray for me? I said, Tom, would you pray that God's spirit would rest upon my ministry, the rest, whatever I got? And he nodded his head that he would. And I, I couldn't understand everything he was saying, but I know he was praying. And I drove over to the wilds and I you know, said, God, I want the power. And then I started thinking, no, Lord, we need to find a Tom Farrell at the wilds this week. We need to see someone called. Thursday of that week, I usually always say, once I arrive at a camp, I stay at that camp the whole week. I don't go out, hey, you wanna go play golf? No, I ain't gonna play golf. I wanna be with the young people. But Thursday afternoon, I did something that I knew I needed to do. If you could show me the other picture. I uh, went and got to see Ron Hamilton and uh, just spent an incredible two, three hours with Ron and Shelley. Now he has dementia, 
Um, he, he recognized who I was. He, as soon as I left, he wouldn't have remembered that I came and saw him. But he did recognize who I was. We had just the most unbelievable time. I read, I read one part of the verse. I made Ron read the, it say, quote the last part. And that was the coolest thing in the world. We went all, man, that, we went all the way through Psalm 34. I would say the first part of the verse. Ron would say the end of it. I'll tell you what I did. Nobody knows this, only Shelly and I, but I'm going to tell you. I'll tell you what I did. I said, hey, this is going good, Shelly. Let's do Luke chapter 2 for the Christmas story. And I think Ron can do this. So we went through, and he, she videotaped the whole thing. She's going to show it to her family. Don't tell anyone. She's going to show it to her family at Christmas. And I would read the first part of Luke chapter 2. And then he would read the end of the verse. But I left there that day. And I said, we'll never hear another Ron Hamilton song. And I want you to see this verse. I want you to see this. Look what it says. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, Tom Farrell. I am the God of Ron Hamilton. And I want you to know, Moses, Abraham's gone. Isaac is gone. Jacob is gone. But I'm still here. And college students, you need the God. You don't, we don't need Ron Hamilton. We don't need Tom Farrell. We need their God. And young people, you've got to get a hold of this. I had a roommate in college that said to me, Jimmy, do you know that we have the same God Elijah had? We had the same God Elisha had. I'm going, yeah, we got the same God. He said, that's our God. And I, I've never forgotten. I was a sophomore. Steve Leedy from Colorado. He just got that into me. I got the same God Daniel has. It's not Daniel we need. It's not Joseph we need. It's not David we need. It's not Paul we need. We need their God. And that's what he's telling Moses that day at that burning bush. Moses, Moses, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. I'm with you. And young person, you got to believe that because Tom Farrell ain't preaching no more. Ron Hamilton's not writing any more songs. You're it, gang. You got to believe in the God that they had. And I drove away from that, that nursing home or whatever, that manor thing. And I said, God, within five days, I saw the last time I saw Tom Farrell and the last time I saw Ron Hamilton. I want to tell you this. They asked me if I'd be a small part of Tom Farrell's funeral, and that was a great honor for me. I got to close the funeral. They wanted me to say a few words and then close in prayer. And I'll tell you who I prayed for. The end of Tom Farrell's message, or Tom Farrell's service, I prayed for you. That's who I prayed for. I prayed at the end of his homegoing service, God, would you send forth laborers into his harvest? Guys, you are not at this college for you. This world is groaning. You got to go to every one of your classes. Re -re understand it. You can't, you can't be sleeping at that 7.15 morning. You don't have the luxury to because there's orphans, there's children, there's teens, there's people that got to get what you're getting in the classroom. And you, you are not at this college for you. But your God, the God of Moses, is your God. All right, got a couple more things and we're done. Look, uh, continuing on verse number nine. So Moses, I mean, like he's like blown away with this. And look at verse 11, because this is the whole point. And Moses said unto God, who am I? Who am I? Now, I'm going to tell you this. It took 80 years to get Moses to this point. And I'm hoping it's only going to take, it's only taking you 18. But you need to get to the point, I cannot do this. I cannot do what I think God's calling me. Now, I want you to hear this. Almost if you get anything out of to this morning's chapel, you get this. God will never call you to what you can do. God will always call you to what you are unable to do. Therefore, it will be God who does it. Amen. Never have I held a position in ministry that I was capable of doing. God has always called me to something that I could not so that he can. 
And college students, you need to understand because you're going to hear things and you go, I could never do that. Well, then you might be called. I could never go there. Watch out. That may be where you're headed. Oh, I, I, no, 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 no. I could never be a pastor's wife. Oh, girl, watch out. Fatal words, let me tell you. No, Brother Schaller, I'll tell you one thing. You know, I'm, I'm here for this creative art thing because there could be no way I could ever preach. Now, listen, there ain't nothing wrong with creative art. I got a young son that that's what he's doing for his ministry, but I'm telling you this. If you're saying that you're in creative arts because you can't preach, you better be careful there, bud. Because I'm telling you this, your can't is God's can. And that's the whole purpose of this. This is what Moses says, who am I? And God says, all right, now we're talking. You see, some of you have come with too much stuff that you think you got. And you need to get to the point where you say, God, who am I? It is not about me and I can't do this. And then I just love this. And he said, certainly I will be with thee, verse 12. And then, you know, Moses says, man, when I go back, who in the world, they're going to ask me, who sends me? What am I going to say? And I love this. You tell them that Jehovah sends you. I am that I am. Everything that they will ever need. They're going to need a shepherd. I am the shepherd. And by the way, aren't you glad that I am, I, that I am is in present tense? Aren't you glad for that? It is not I was that I was or I will be what I will be. He is I am that I am. And every day of your life, you will find at this college him to be I am that I am. His grace, by the way, one thing about God's grace, God's grace is only sufficient for the day. God's grace, don't be thinking about things down the road because God's grace is not there yet. You only get God's grace for the moment that you need it. So if you start worrying about stuff that hasn't happened yet, you don't have grace for that yet. God will give you the grace when you need it. It probably won't ever happen the way you're thinking it's going to happen anyhow. But even if it does happen the way that, oh, goodness, would never, I could never do this. Yes, you can, because at that moment, grace will come because he is, I am that I am. Not I will be what I will be. I am that I am. And what was he telling Moses? Moses, okay, Moses, here's my checkbook. Use it. Well, I need wisdom. Write it out. I'm your wisdom. Well, I need the bill paid. All right, I am your next job. <laughs> I, 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 I need a friend. Okay, well, first of all, I will be your best friend. But you know what? I got someone else for you too. Listen, he will be whatever you need him to be while you're at college. What a name I needed. I did not need Adonai right then, Lord Master. I did not need Elohim, all-sufficient creator. You know what I need when I went to college? I needed Jehovah. I needed I am that I am. God, I need this. I need this. I need this. God, I need this. I am whatever they, you tell them, I am whatever they need to be. And you know what? You've got to find them as Jehovah because when you go out to that classroom, that youth group, that church, when you go out in your ministry, you got to give them the Jehovah that you saw at college. You got to share with them how God, no, no, God will do this because God provided for me in college. Now we're almost done. And you know what happens here? Moses gives out every kind of excuse in the world and this is it, I'm done. So um, God's having a hard time with Moses, just like he's having a hard time with you. And finally, God, I, I can't speak. I, I'm no good at this. Moses, yes, sir. What do you got in your hand? Oh, I got a dead stick that I run the sheep with. I have a rod. Let it go. This is my rod. I'm not sure what that bush is going to do. Let it go. I don't know how I... Hey, Moses. Let it go. 
snake, pick it up. Yeah, no, no. We're not doing And pick it up by its tail. Yeah, that isn't how you pick up a snake, God. You pick that up by its tail. And you now, by the way, you look at, read, read chapter four. It's called God's rod from then on. It's not Moses' rod. And you know what some of you need to do this week? You need to let it go. And you need to let God. I, I, I can't. I don't, I don't think this is the place for me. No, no, no. There's people groaning. This is the place for you. Yeah, but Brother Shuttler, just the last thing. Could, could, can I ask God for a token? Can I ask God for a sign? Oh, yes, 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 you can. You can. And by the way, I'm going to tell you what it's going to be. I'm going to tell you what the sign is. Really? Yeah, yeah. But Brother Shetler, I'm no joking now, Brother Shetler. Will God give me a sign that I'm supposed to be here? Will God give me a token that I'm supposed to be Yes! He will, he will, he will. And I'll tell you what it is. Brother Shetler, is that it? Yeah, it's right here, it's right here. Look at this, look at this. And the Lord said unto God, go, da, 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 da. no, no, that's chapter four. Chapter, back to chapter three. Moses said unto God, behold, da, 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 da. Oh, no, verse 12. And he said, certainly, certainly, certainly. Certainly, I will, I, will, I will give you a token. Certainly, I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee. This is how you will know that you're in the will of God. Oh, thank you, because I'm going to need this, God. Yeah, I'm going to show you. That I have sent, sent thee. Okay, good. God, what is it? When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. Brother Shetler, I'm not sure I understand this. Here's the sign that he gave him. The token is, you will know that I sent you because you will be back at this mountain with two million Jews and then you'll know that I sent you. You're like, I think I need the sign on the other end of this, God. Like, I, I, if I get here with two million Jews, duh, I, I need to sign. So, Brother Shell, I don't think I'm going to like this. No, you're not. <laughs> What's our sign? I'll tell you what your sign is. Here's your token. Dr. Arsby standing right here. He's going to announce your name. And you're going to walk across. You're going to smile at Dr. Shetler. Oh, I guess I won't be up here anymore. That's right. You come over and bend. Don't worry. You're going to shake. Don't worry about that. Listen to this. This is important. You're going to shake Pastor Chapel's hand and you're going to receive your what? No, no. That's your token. I think I need it my freshman year. Yeah. Here's the token. You will know that God sent you here when you walk across this, this platform and you receive your diploma. You know what? That was God. God sent me here. You know, well, Brother Scheller, that doesn't help in August 24th, 2021 as a freshman. Oh yeah, it does. Because you are sitting in this auditorium. You are at this college. That would be a pretty good indicator. God must want you here. What are you doing in this room? I'm thinking the same thing, Brother Shetler. No! You're in this room because there are people groaning and you are going to them. And you gotta get this. College students, college is not about you. A world is going to hell and you gotta get every class, every lesson. You gotta get it all for them. And you better be thankful you got a faculty and an administration that wants to give it to you. That wants to, ooh, man, let's get on out there. Go away. You know, I just think I'm going to get out there because they're groaning. I need to get out. No, you need the preparation in the backside of the desert. You need to get to the point. I can't. God can. You need the training of running around with dirty sheep. You need that bus ministry. You need all of what you're going to learn in the classroom. Dr. Demergen needs to teach you how to teach. 
You will not be able to deliver what you want to deliver until you've, you won't know. They're going to ask you about the existence of God and you'll go like, well, I just think God exists, which isn't a bad reason. But that's still, you've got to get Brother England to tell you that. Why? Why? Hey, guys, a world is groaning. You, and you know what you want to do? You just got to let go. You, I don't like it here. Let it go, man. I don't think I can do it here. Let it go and let God. Ain't no more Tom Farrell preaching. Ain't no more Ron Hamilton songs. So come on. The world is groaning for you. They need you to come and show them the deliverer. Father, I pray that we would say, I can't this morning. But then we would say, God, you can. Father, I pray we would let go of that thing we're holding on to. That we're just, well, I, I, I want this. Father, I pray that we would let go and let you. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus Christ that every one of these college students would find a place. Maybe right now that place is even down at the altar. That's holy ground where they say, dear God, work in our lives. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to speak in this chapel today. I pray that you will take Exodus chapter three. I could care less if they ever remember who spoke it. But God, what they heard today out of Exodus three, may it go on good ground and may they get some things settled today. May they let go and let you. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Let me encourage you to do something this morning. Make a commitment to God. God, I think already I can't, but God, I believe you can. And Lord, I am making a commitment that I am not going to college for me this year. I'm going to college for people I've never seen. I'm going to college this year for people I've never, I don't know their names, but I'm going to college and I'm gonna learn because Lord, they need a deliverer out there. And you brought me here, Lord, and I'm gonna trust you. And Lord, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm asking for that little token right now, that little fleece to stay. You know what my fleece to stay is, Father, that I'm gonna walk across that platform one day and get a diploma. God, that I, I believe. Father, I pray that our student body would start off understanding why they're here, what purpose they have, and then with passion go forward with it. Father, I'm thankful that you'll be their Jehovah, that everything that they need while they're here, you will be I am that I am. Father, thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray that they will get things out of your word like we did this morning in Exodus 3. That the Holy Spirit, they don't necessarily need a preacher every day. They need you speaking to them. May they get to their place. May you speak to their heart. And Father, I pray that you'll give us a year like no other. God, speak to our hearts. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. You just want to make a commitment to God. The altar's open. We're not going to have a long invitation. But you just say, God, I'm letting go. I'm going to let go and I'm going to let you. God, this is it. I'm not here for me. I'm making a commitment this morning that I'm here for others. I don't even know their names. I don't even know who they are but I'm gonna learn for them. Dear God, I need you to be Jehovah for me this week. Lord, there's a lot of things. Would you come and tell God what they are? I think he wants you to. He will be whatever you need him to be. I am that I am. You need to tell him, you need to ask him. Father, I thank you for the, I know I'm biased, Father, but I just think the greatest student body ever. May they find you as Jehovah. May they find your place. And Father, may they learn because the world is groaning. God, I pray that they'll let go today and let you in Jesus' name.
Father, thank you for the privilege to be on the backside of the desert. Thank you, Lord, that in this place, you are the same. And you will speak to us if we will turn aside from all the other cares and busyness. If we'll just give you our heart and ear, you will speak, you will call, you will give direction. I pray that for every student, whether this is their first day of college or their final year, May we be people like Moses who are willing to let go of anything that would hinder us from serving you and allow you to direct our lives. Thank you for this wonderful message. I pray even in a moment as we step out into this desert, we'd be reminded of these truths we've heard today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Dr. Shetler. What a blessing. That was an encouragement, and I hope you'll take it with you. It's why we take notes. It's why we write things down because God wants to cement these truths into our hearts and minds. Wonderful, wonderful morning. Okay, next on the schedule is the girls are gonna stay right in here, the ladies with Mrs. Blem, and the guys are gonna be in the hangar. So if you're sitting with someone of the opposite gender, look at them right now and say, goodbye. <laughs> and guys, if Brother Blem beats you to the hangar, shame on you. The man's an old man. I expect every guy to get there before he does. And girls, you stay right in here. You're dismissed. Okay, ladies, let's try to get settled. If you're in the back, come on forward. There's plenty of seats because the guys are gone. So kind of get, I think you guys can really fit into these sections. 
So those in the back, Ayana. <laughs> Awesome. Thanks for doing that. That way I can see you in the eyes. <clears throat> Everybody look at Dr. R and just kind of wait for him to leave. <laughs> just kidding. If we all look at him, it'll like maybe convict him he needs to get out of the ladies' orientation. <laughs> Just kidding. We love Dr. R. Welcome to West Coast Baptist College and welcome back. Are you guys excited to be here? I'm really excited too. All right, how many of you are thankful we're back to four in a room? Come on, girls. <laughs> oh, I know, but praise the Lord. Praise the Lord that we have more girls here. We have a good freshman class. We have returning from another semester that once COVID hit, now they're back. So I know it's tight in the rooms, but hey, we just need to thank the Lord that we are able to be in college. We're not outside in the um, hot air and the ash falling down. We're not having to wear a mask right now. So, you know, we can, we can sometimes dwell on um, petty things and we just need to look to God and say, praise the Lord for all that he has given us. So I'm so glad each of you are here. Honestly, there should be about a handful still coming in um, as long as, as far as we know. So um, you might still see a few girls come in. So I'm really thankful that you are here. Um, for, you of you, for those of you who don't know, I'm Mrs. Blim. I'm the Dean of Women, so you'll see me around quite a bit. I'll be in the dorms checking um, and everything. If you don't have...